This is my favorite part of the show. I know. As I say, this is our flow music. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, welcome to season three, episode twelve. I suppose this would be the season finale. That's of right. The season Art finale. Fight, Art Fight Podcast. Um, thanks for joining us. Um, I'm sure it's raining wherever you are right now, and I'm sorry about that. Uh, but hey, so welcome. We have a special guest in from New York City right now, uh, Steph Mantis. Hello, Steph. What's going on? What's up? <laughs> and uh, of course, here with Sensei Joe Nolan. Happy uh, New Year. Happy New Year. How about it? We should have more. Sometimes we have uh, whiskey, and we should probably have whiskey today, but we don't have it. Why did we have that the last time? Were we, were we celebrating something? It must have not been very good. It because wasn't I'm New realizing Year's. now. It, yeah, and I'm realizing now it's like, I guess it was like a Christmas thing. We were just sort of. No, but I think we'd, we've done it for like first or last seasonal episodes. Yeah. Uh, so this one will just be a little bit less. Um, not quite celebratory, as... but that's fine because we got a lot to to get, get into. We got plenty of caffeine, though. Yeah, I'm. That's true. Problematically caffeinated. <laughs> you may have heard of it, you may not have heard of it, but um, Steph, you can surely tell us about it. But um, there's this phenomena, um, <laughs> that is called uh, uh, forever pizza, for which you are responsible, and I'm not even going to say about what that is yet. But you're also a long time. Uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner and you also are a, what an educator and an artist and a good human and what else trying those things yeah yeah uh what else um besides human being part animal <laughs> no actually kind of part animal Steph Mantis is not inaccurate yeah um, I'm sorry that you have a cool name me too yeah me too. People, <laughs> think it's a, people think I made it up sometimes I'm like nope it's the real deal we were just saying before we got started that you were you're saying that in your jujitsu classes, especially people think it's like a nickname. Yeah, yeah. They, the guys are like, "Why do they call her Mantis? Do Why they, do they call her Mantis? Does she bite the heads off of her <laughs> opponents?" And I'm like, "No, nah, you're, you're good, but are you? You know?" <laughs> yeah, like you have like a, uh, a leg, like a, a heel lock game or something. something uh, yeah, what would it no, be? No, my well, yes, but um, according to the the legend, but in reality. No, I'm more known for arm bars and top control and triangles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my my lower body game is what I'm currently working on. So heel hooks and mm -hmm. um, the lack, you know, knee bars and whatnot. But mm -hmm. well, if you didn't, um, I'm still waiting for my brain to find my feet as a <laughs> means of expression. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be a great epitaph. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, uh, well, if you didn't, I, I don't. You, do you ever watch any UFC fights? I do, but yeah. it's not like you don't keep up with it. Or, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because um, yeah, I get that. There's a lot of fights now too, so it's almost impossible for people that are into it to even keep up with it. But there was a there was a fight on this card that happened this past weekend, and it was mm. BJ Penn, mm -hmm. legendary mm -hmm. BJ Penn, who should not be fighting anymore. He's he's an no. interesting sort of case study and sort of like like a fighter identity and or something like but i think there's a lot of people that in different trades that go too long with whatever their thing is and they don't know when to hang it up because they just don't know what else they are mm -hmm. this is bj penn obviously now to a fault and then uh i mean at least they put him with a jujitsu guy knowing that he would just get submitted mm -hmm. instead of seeing him get his head sloshed around mm -hmm. even more uh but anyway but the guy that he was up against uh ryan hall mm -hmm. it was like uh I mean, I don't, and he's kind of an interesting dude. He's kind of weird, sort of kind of nerdy, 
has almost like some ticks or something like he's just this really he's really pleasant you know he just seems mm-hmm. like a guy that would you know get you on your next flight with no problem or you know right, he seems yeah. like a dude that's just like a person yeah but he, he basically did this um uh he went after bj penn's feet and got a i guess a heel lock so fast uh-huh. and so so aggressively and so commandingly that i couldn't even I couldn't even believe it. Mm-hmm. And this is like, did you see that fight or you were busy? I saw the re- the highlights. Man, it was it was crazy. Yeah. I didn't see I saw the main card but I didn't see any of the pre the prelims. Yeah. Well, that was a hell of a that was a hell of a night. Mm-hmm. Um and it's pretty cool that Amanda Nunes is now like um double champ. It's amazing she's yeah. not so popular. I don't get it. I don't I don't understand why she's not an absolute she's a perfect marketing sort of phenom. Is it, Not in terms of her. Well, she has a personality that can be opened up. I think that there's a little bit of a language and accent kind of thing. But I mean, you know, first, you know, first openly gay uh, mixed martial arts professional fighter that is a double champ. Mm-hmm. And also move, moving, not moving down, but moving up, which I think is always an important thing to mm-hmm. be like, I think it's a little, I mean, I think it's okay, but you know, the person who's moving down, if they win, it's sort of like, so you beat up a littler person like i, yeah, I kind yeah. of assume, i mean i thought to I be thought, a double champ i yeah. thought that's why i honestly thought that's what was going to happen i thought cyborg was going to beat her because she's just too big and strong yeah and it's like it didn't i didn't factor in that it's like she's a lot slower yeah yeah <laughs> and even and you're not thinking about the fact that she's not as fast have and, you ever done any striking yeah i did uh i started in kempo actually interesting and so i did sparring within that and then my sensei found jujitsu in the time that we were in strict tempo and he started teaching it sort of tandem and then i was like whoa this is my gym uh-huh. and then it became slowly the school kind of transitioned to mm. more jujitsu um than karate but yeah karate kempo karate for sparring initially just, and then yeah. i did a bunch of i've done muay thai in and out for well this dojo eight years so. I was going to say I was going to I was going to clarify that Kempo's a uh, t- a type of it's, karate. Right. Right. What 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 kind of karate is it? Like can you give me some specifics Shaolin. on what, what makes it what it is? Yeah. Um well we do Kempo is mainly kata. So mm-hmm. your forms like mm-hmm. if you have no idea then it's like doing a dance by yourself. Right. Um and imagining I love your, that your fighters yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it I mean like and there's points for you have to meet the requirement but if you do it with flair and mm-hmm. precision and you know, if you can snap your gi in such a way, it's kind of yeah, a, little style a good points. show. That's yeah. cool. <laughs> um, and then there would be the, I mean, that's the main basis of that style. But we participated in Kempo tournaments that would be kata, performance, sparring, no contact, sometimes contact. And then mm. jujitsu was kind of like Southern, it was in Southern Maine also. So it's Interesting. not a super huge community at the time. This is also... You know, in the 90s. And that's um, where you grew up, Southern Maine? Yeah. Okay. And then I practiced, I was always doing sports as well as karate or jujitsu and something else. And then as sports sort of took over in high school, I sort of tapered out of that. Went to college, went to art school, and then played volleyball, actually, uh, competitively in college. And then when I graduated, I was like, what do I want that is not a gym? Because I've never been that person. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I kind of miss jujitsu. And mm-hmm. <laughs> the day, the day I forced myself to go look for gyms that had various classes, I got off the bus on my block, and they literally—it was like out of a movie. 
pulled down a tarp <laughs> and there was a jujitsu school opening on the block I live on. <laughs> Unveiled for you. Unveiled. Yeah. Like in like perfect timing where you step off the bus and you're like, oh, I don't know about those gyms. I don't know what I'm going to do. And then someone's like, yes, you do. And that was... Are you that sure that wasn't nine a movie? Nine years ago. It sounds yeah. like a movie. It, well, I mean, the movie's still going, so... Life is a movie, man. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. So then, uh, and then, so the, the art component, like where did that all... I mean, I hate even saying like so when did you your art tell me about your art but you know what i mean like tell me about your art like where did it begin because i mean i've seen a lot of this amazing output from all these different arenas but i don't know where it where it started i mean it's a good question we can skip it yeah pass um pass. before before you answer that really quick just to, just to sort of nail it down a little bit when did you start doing uh martial arts and, and especially jujitsu like what age are you so sixth grade and what year is that can you tell me like roughly just because i want to get because it's it's, uh, it's interesting to me that yeah, yeah. i know lots of people from all sorts of backgrounds and all women men kids everybody who are jumping in to do jujitsu like circa 2017 90, yeah 96 Seven six. Yeah. See, that's like well, that's like yeah. That's early. I mean, that's oh, it wasn't a thing. Yeah, yeah. Like it was like nobody. In so many ways, actually, I was thinking about this today. I had a, a dojo mate, right, who I went to high school with, who was a year older, and we like had a understanding of each other based on training, but we we were not friends mm -hmm. in school mm. and like throughout time we've also kind of maintained a contact that i'm like that that's interesting like that's because of karate and jujitsu and years and, ago years ago yeah. um but we're still connected yeah. we're still sisters in a strange way yeah and, she, and, and kind of and like she always did interesting and creative things and she was mm. all she first of all and there was not a lot of female practitioners mm. where i was mm -hmm. um my entire career of jujitsu ju martial arts has been predominantly male but mm. i don't really I grew e up, even right now oh yeah yeah interesting yeah and i would say on any given day it's 80 percent male mm. and you're at gracie barra school is that right it's a gracie affiliate no it's brooklyn okay. brazilian jiu-jitsu brooklyn brazilian jiu-jitsu yeah. okay our main instructors are gene dunn and brian glick okay perfect that's cool yeah but you started doing like art and stuff when you were a teenager too i'm assuming yeah i've always been into art and mm. i'd say the very first thing was probably second grade i remember we did self-portraits and it was sort of like oh steph can draw mm -hmm. and That's then cool. from there it was sort of i kind of catered to that and became like the art kid in every grade and mm -hmm. you need to draw something for whatever project that would kind of be my thing mm -hmm. and then so karate was sixth grade because my sister got into it I, I wanted to do it. My parents wouldn't let me do it for the longest time. I also wanted to play hockey. They wouldn't let me play hockey. They were like, we like your teeth how they are. Uh, I wanted to play football. Yeah. Did you? No. They were like, you'll die. My yeah. mom was like, you'll die. Yeah. Yeah. She was right. Yeah. You'll but I was, I was ready. Yeah, I, mean, I was I, ready to die. Yeah. At, <laughs> at, on that grid At iron. 10. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen uh, enough. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I guess I was always competitive in a sense and slash wanted to be a ninja. And, and when my, my neighbor got into karate, he kind of brought my sister Amy in. And then I was like, well, if she's doing it, you have to let me do it. And then uh, my sister actually is a brown belt in karate and I was always beneath her, but because I was bigger, it was never really a, a fair fight. And over time she kind of lost interest and I kind of remained. That's cool. Yeah. 
dominating. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. If she <laughs> listens to this, she's going to be like, you always beat me up. And I'm going to be like, nah, not quite, not quite, but, but kind of. Yeah, go ahead and go ahead and go ahead and sort out your argument now while we're recording. Yeah. So that it's an you know Yeah. She can't say anything. Your side on the record. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) But you know, like I think part of the interesting combination of this show when you're bringing art and, and martial arts together, especially if you if it's an open call for martial arts types, the thing I like about jujitsu is that it is social. So like an art practice is incredibly internal and private to a degree until you make the thing and put it out, right? Mm-hmm. And then it becomes social. But jujitsu, you can't do it alone. So right. everything is conversational to a degree. And so I also think like there are days where I'll be in my studio all day and the only, the only social contact I get is at the dojo. Mm-hmm. So it's not just a physical thing and, a, and an outlet in that sense. It's like this is my... Right. people moment for the day yeah that's interesting yeah. you know I, I i don't really think about that that much but in some ways like going to the gym is like definitely like a thing where it's like there's days where it's like you know i'll you know see my wife when i'm coming and going from the house but otherwise it's like i'm somewhere locked in a room writing something or doing mm-hmm. something or just online doing work of some kind or locked away somewhere working on something else or whatever or even if you're out in the public, you're not necessarily interacting with anyone. You yeah. can go to the coffee shop and sit there writing and no one's even going to talk to you. And that's fine. It's Sometimes wonderful. it's what you want. <laughs> it's yeah. exactly what you want when you're doing that or whatever. But but then all of a sudden you go to your class or whatever and, and it's like, oh, okay. Not only are you going to talk to these people, but you're going to be uncomfortably intimate with them, yeah. physically speaking, for the next hour and a half or whatever. <laughs> yeah. You're going to get more than enough people time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, like, it's, like, it's like low... You know, it's very condensed. It's like you're gonna do all the all the contact you need in yeah. in one hour. Yeah, Although yeah, sometimes yeah. you just you walk in and you just see the whole thing going on. You're just like, no, not today, yeah. <laughs> not today, not today. Yeah. But I think it's the whole a... talking to people thing. No, well, that's actually. But that's the other part about jujitsu in particular is like you don't have to talk to actually right. have conversation. Yeah. Uh-huh. So wow, you'll know you you can you can totally tell how someone's day went based on how they're rolling. Mm-hmm. Huh. And the and the more advanced people the harder maybe it is to tell but blue belts white belts come in and i'm like you need to check that mm. at the door because this mm. is not going to assist your yeah your time or here. someone's going to get hurt that yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. <clears throat> i can't even like yeah people having not knowing how to separate those things and let this be yeah. a moment versus like a continuation of whatever you were coming from yeah is that's a skill set and it mm. takes time. So. I think I think from you know, for me, I think that's a big part of any any of the martial arts training stuff. It's like it's like I know and I'm specifically there because of the fact that I know that this is gonna do this thing where it's going to like unplug a whole bunch of shit that I didn't plug in in the first place. Like it, like it sort of got plugged in because I'm not a fucking where, genius yeah. who knows how to keep that shit from happening to me at every moment. But I know if I go here, I can reset all that stuff totally and start over. And all of a sudden, everything's in perspective again. It's I'm a not a fucking thing. jerk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Do you, ever get upset? <laughs> Do you ever get upset sometimes when you have idiosyncratic conflicts with people out in the world, like in the grocery store or something? <laughs> you know, somebody cuts in line and you just, you want so bad to be like, don't you know that I'm a fucking killer? <laughs> like, 
<laughs> I could murder you right yeah. now, right I, here, yeah. right now, I with mean, my bare hands. The funny thing is, I think it's the inverse that happens. <laughs> you have more tolerance and yeah. patience yeah, for, yeah. for people like that, and you're like, well, shit, they've got something going on. That's too bad. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You don't. Yeah, I, so I think the chill, more you man. practice, the the chiller you yeah. get, yeah. and, and you, you can tell the person that's offended. You're like, you should go roll, not today. Yeah, but when you're feeling better, you yeah, go, go roll. It's weird. I used to do a lot of. <laughs> I used to go to this rock climbing gym in East Nashville, and I knew a lot of guys who rock climbed and girls who rock climbed. And it was like that scene was a very fucking chill scene. Like mm-hmm. those people like to smoke weed and like listen to mellow ass music and just sort of contemplate some shit while they're wondering how they're going to get up this rock. And then there's this whole like really balletic thing that can happen with those like really good climbers. I'm talking about more like people boulder, you know, yeah, so yeah. you're not, it's not about climbing a great distance. No, it's, it's about a difficult challenge problem. Moment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, so, uh, but it's so weird, man, because like once I started like getting more involved with like contemporary uh, mixed martial arts and started hanging out with a bunch of people who do jujitsu all the time, it's like, you guys have practically everything in common. You guys have the same wardrobe almost. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's amazing. Like what a mellow scene that is. It's I have yet to see like, and I'm sure there's you know there's a jerk in every class, and every anybody can be an but asshole. They, they don't last. Yeah, they don't. And, and they, they never last. Yeah, and yeah. every every place I've ever gone or every person I've ever met and talked to, yourself included, it's like they're all like, you know, like mellow forward people you know what i mean it's not they're not it's not an aggro macho scene or anything like that not even close and it i get where like that perception comes from to Mm. a degree where it's like you're you you're only seeing the very pinnacle of what that form looks like for the most part which is ufc and it's Mm. all you know boom 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 in the octagon like so there's this the destroyer (laughs) yeah you know but if you think about it like what you don't see is the years and hours spent to get to that one particular Mm. moment and if you I think when you practice something you realize it's not about that it's about everything before it yeah that is continuous that is momentary and will be gone as soon as it starts in some cases seconds later right versus the practice part which is where the work happens and truthfully I think where the joy happens uh huh um, for me, that I mean, I competed for a minute, and I've not competed in the last eight years, and I have no intention on competing mm-hmm. ever again. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm not in it for those titles or whatever. It's yeah. I like the way martial arts affects every part of my life, mm-hmm. every day. Frankly, mm-hmm. it's not, and I don't practice every day. I'm not in the the dojo every day. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I do other things. I'm not, I'm not BJ Penn like you know, <laughs> not this, letting it, this it go. goes I'm yeah. I'm done for but yeah. Um, yeah no I I tend to find things but I've come back to jujitsu I mean 14 years mm. you know with a gap in the in college but that was mm. it I think people are just generally more benevolent and kind when you're just group participating on solving an objective problem of some kind that is yeah. greater than yourself yeah it's yeah. just the basic the most basic aspects of its framework are i think set up to highlight the best of what people can be or do mm-hmm. um almost like no matter what it is you know if people can just be egalitarian enough to say like mm-hmm. this is all like no one's ever going to arrive yeah there's mm-hmm. there's yeah. there is no peak you know, we're not climbing a mountain in that way. And in, right. in, in fact, actually, you're better off at the base of the mountain where there's room for everybody. Yeah. And I think, too, it's a thing where where 
another thing that makes a parallel to me between like a rock climbing scene and the jujitsu scene is the fact that with rock climbing, it's very much the same thing. If you're a smaller person who's not as strong, it sometimes that's an advantage. Sometimes the big, tall, strong dude can't fucking climb this route because he can't do what you do because he's too damn big or, and the thing he needs to try to do, he's not strong enough to do that because nobody is. <laughs> you know. So, yeah. so it's like, it's like jujitsu is very particular in that way too, where the size differential doesn't necessarily translate directly into any kind of advantage. You know what I mean? I mean, it, there are moments for sure. Sure. Um, yeah, definitely moments, but, you know, but, in, in yeah. certain scenarios, but, but for, like, for example, yeah. uh, I'm 140. Okay. And I can roll with someone who's about 200 pounds and still win, quote unquote, right? Mm -hmm. Part of that is we're playing by an established set of rules where you're not going to take that 200 pounds. And also there's a 200 pound male, which is a different thing altogether. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to punch me. (laughs) If you, anyone that punches me, I'm done. Forget it. Like I'm not even going to try to defend that. Mm -hmm. But if we're playing by these rules, you I have guys that can't put a triangle on me because their muscles are too big to mm-hmm. constrict around my neck in a certain way. So yeah, there is, there are mm-hmm. moments like that. If you tried to come behind me and put me in a particular grip, I can weasel out of it because mm-hmm. my shoulders are small. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so right. you know, on the, on the flip side, I can't do that to you at all. <laughs> um, there's no way. Like some guys, I have a hard time holding guard on. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of people I think in any avenue, whether it's this kind of sport or anything else, there's just certain people that at least get some gain out of being super strong because they can they can actually to an extent not permanently or not perfectly but uh they can make up for bad technique mm-hmm. with just sheer force uh-huh. oh all the time you get so tired doing that the first time i ever tried yeah. to do any kind of jujitsu i did what every dummy does which is like i think i'm stronger than this dude so i'm just gonna like shove him off me mm-hmm. and you kind of can and then you kind of can't and then you sort of do it again but then you don't really don't and then before you know it you You're are so damn tired yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. and now he just does whatever he wants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, watch watch people breathe in oh. those moments. And like the guy that's huffing and yeah. puffing is gone before it. Oh, you it was know. awful. Yeah. It was horrible. <laughs> yeah. yeah, never show your tired face, I guess. Was, oh my God. It was just all tired faces that night. <laughs> it happened. Then you started to learn. Then I began to learn, Brian. Yeah. It was the door to learning. <laughs> yeah. First, exhaust them. As, I, yeah. as yeah. I lay motionless. It was, it was the, I mean, it was like you just realized, oh, I'm. The same idiot that comes in here every night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they all try this. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, think, I think the other fun thing about it is, like, as you graduate through that, you mm. see your you see younger versions of you come in and do the same thing, and there's this like, oh, I was there, dude. Yeah. It's cool. You'll learn. Trust me. Just just yeah. keep coming. And then you do learn. And you're just like riding on yeah. like Stipe. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Just grinding them into the dirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely um that's nice too when you're in a situation where you can see younger people come in because it helps you actualize or understand oh i've i've actually grown totally yeah totally i've I've progressed and i don't know like what your warm-ups look like or anything but we have a basic calisthenic warm-up pretty much it's pretty much the same with variations over time but you can gauge yourself based on that warm-up in terms of fitness so mm. there are moments where like you know i'll be in my animal walk or takedowns or whatnot and I'll catch my own physical challenges and I'm like oh that didn't exist before or hey that doesn't exist anymore you know it's like doing v-sits like this used to be hard when I first came here and it's easy oh yeah yeah Yeah. so you have these like benchmark moments or like you there was a moment where an arm bar was something you could not fathom 
and now you do them without thinking. Mm -hmm. So there's this, and the other thing I love about martial arts, most of them don't involve any other tools. It's just your body and somebody else's body. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like there's, I mean, jujitsu is the gentle way and it's all manipulation and leverage. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, like a smaller person should be able to handle themselves. It's literally how it's designed. Yeah, it's like all levers, right? Yeah, yeah. that's what it means. Yeah. The gentle art. Yeah, that's the right. gentle yeah. art. Yeah. The, the gentle, gentle art of breaking your fucking arm. <laughs> <laughs> gentle to begin yeah. with. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then, yeah, so then you, you have other art that is gentle. I, I keep <laughs> wanting to sort of pull it back to that because there's just a lot to talk about there. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, you've, you've, you've definitely, what I always, what is it? Somebody heard recently, was, somebody said something like, if you, if you see something in the wild and, you, and your response to it is, um, like, I wish that that was my idea, or something, you know, not like in a co-opting kind of way, but just, it feels... Why didn't I think of that kind of thing? Kind of, yeah. yeah. Like, why didn't I think of that? I think that a lot of, uh, there's there's a deceptive um, simplicity to what you <laughs> yeah. offer in, in terms of what you're doing. So, um, what is the, like, there's different mediums, there's different things, but like, where, where did it, where, where's the first point of entry? Because it, was it, was it fine art painting or was it sculpture or was it uh fabrication or like all these other like where did it begin um it probably was sculpture if i'm really if i dig into it like i remember getting tiny little sculpy colored bricks right and every holiday i'd make my mom some tiny little miniature decoration of which she still has some and then also i grew up in a pizzeria so making pizza is a physical form of sculpture we just don't yeah. normally frame it that way but you compose something every time you make a pizza mm -hmm. and then there's like the way it cooks changes that composition but when you see like i think there's something about the the physical topping i mean that's what toppings come from right this topping things watching that getting a sense of that minutia because all the work i do there's an incredible like level of detail that i think is overlooked um but if you it's the collection of all those small decisions that yeah. amounts to something being resonant and complete as an idea, though. Yeah. 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 Um, here, here. Yeah. And, and actually, like... Shout out to all the OCD people. Yeah, I got you. Um, for real, though, like, if you ever want to talk about the intricacies of, like, tiny plastic animals, any kind of adhesive, mm. the best way to cut plastic, the, the, <laughs> the legalities of plastic, like, I, I'm so weirdly... Ex like <laughs> very informed on these subjects without any pre like real intention of being so. <laughs> you um, just now that's know. how you know you've kind of done something though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, the guys at the hardware store sometimes call me and they're like, "Hey, have you tried this adhesive yet?" I'm like, "No." Uh, this adhesive is the shit. This, yeah, they're like, "Well, what, do you, will this one? Will this bond these things?" And I'm like, "Actually, yes, it will be, <laughs> but but do it over trash bags because it won't bond to that." Mm. Um, yeah, trash bags are like the anti bond, by the way. You Top secret. so many things yeah Top secret info being divulged on the Artify podcast. Uh, I like, I like, no, but I like that point that that you guys are agreeing about there, and you really did say it well, Brian. I had a friend who used to build. Um, he would do book binding, and he would do like kind of sculptural works that were sort of involving book binding materials and skill sets, right? Um, and I would stop by his art space and see him working on stuff, and there would be this outrageous amount of detail going on. 
And then he'd start telling me, and then this goes here, and then I'll do this, and I'll cover oh, that yeah. piece. And then I'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa. So I'm not even going to see that thing that you're working on right now that's so incredible. He's like, no, 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 that's just holding it together, and that's on the inside, and nobody will ever see that. Yeah. And I was just like, I, that's when I learned. I really learned, and I've seen this in my own fucking life, looking at art for years and years and years, that when somebody does that, and they put it on the left, and when somebody does what appears to be the exact same thing, without that attention to detail that you can't even see, somehow you can you feel see it. it. You it's feel it. there, you feel it. You feel it. You feel it, in the other one, there's just a, there's a. It's the cheapness of a knockoff. It's yeah. A, it's a, it's a, it's a. The cheapness depth. of a knockoff. It's a death. <laughs> Another good epitaph. You're a liar. Yeah. You're a fucking liar. You, yeah, exactly, it's, <laughs> yeah. but, it's, but it is that, because yeah. it's like, you, there's so much knowledge that is, that is, you know, invisible and tacit that is only, uncovered and understood through motion mm-hmm. and that is the doing of things mm-hmm. this is actually where i think jujitsu comes back into this conversation where you can't talk about the move until you've moved through it mm-hmm. it's not static mm-hmm. most things are not static if you break it down mm-hmm. you know enough so when you look at a knockoff and you feel the cheapness it's because they looked at the top it only went so deep to get it to be kind of like that thing mm-hmm. but without a deep understanding of the structure or the or what you know the manufacturing that went into it mm-hmm. and i think we say the word manufacturing and we think machines and factories but truthfully that's ideas just as much mm-hmm. so until you or consent or consent yeah oh my god this is the greatest podcast ever. <laughs> <laughs> i consent there's, there's no Nerd podcast joke. i'd rather be listening to right Sorry. now than this yeah. podcast <laughs> um, but yeah i mean like i've been knocked off so deep right at this now. point i'm waiting for <laughs> yeah. this one to get knocked off as well oh yeah oh yeah yeah. But that's also like, I mean, that's that's ultimately um, a measure of success that you have to sort of accept on some level. Yeah. Because it's ultimately anything that's imminent, you have yeah. to figure out how, the, how to accept it. Yeah. First and they hate it, then they steal it. Yeah. Well, now you're really onto something, do kid. You have, do you have any haters? <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. Fuck yes. The, the, <laughs> now the funny, we're talking. <laughs> what's up, haters? Um, <laughs> The so let's let's step back because we haven't actually named half the things we're talking oh, about. Yeah, sure. But um, so thank, let's, you for, thank you for keeping this on track. By the way, I got yeah, you. It's really appreciated. Uh, let's talk about animal butt magnets. Take somebody. Yes. So, but before butt magnets, let's talk about the pack rack. So the pack rack is. I'm 21. I'm out of school. I had a job lined up with a watch company um, that I kind of secured in school and like went through the summer, was working with them, was supposed to be design watching. I, I never designed a fucking watch. Um, hey Matthew, how you doing? Uh, and when the last day of school or the last day of summer happened, everyone was like going back to school and I live in the neighborhood where I went to school still. And so like that energy was very palpable and I'm like, fuck, I have all the free time in the world now. What am I going to do? Uh, and the oh. answer was call of duty and lots of weed and america yeah america <laughs> yeah um yeah that was on a gamecube at the time just for the record gamecube um, vintage, yeah. Vintage. Yeah, vint- vintage purple that's cool um but yeah long story short i like that's not a bad plan b just for a second yeah just for a second out. i took a break played some call of duty and um had a recently taken over my apartment living room uh used to be my roommate's room and so now i owned I didn't own, but I was renting an actual apartment that wasn't just a space, like a bedroom. Mm. Um, And so I started making this thing called the pack rack because I needed a necklace rack. And I had looked online and I'd been to stores and 
I like barely wear jewelry, but I was really tired of the thumbtacks in the wall. Mm-hmm. And I was like, let's upgrade that. And so I looked and I couldn't find anything. And I was like, why aren't you making something? And so I literally just sort of turned to my bookshelf and I had a little collection of plastic animals sitting there. And I was like, hmm, I'm gonna cut your heads off and mm-hmm. mount them to a piece of wood and you will be my necklace rack. And I did that. And then I showed some people and they were like, I want that. And I was like, I think I can make this and sell this. Mm-hmm. And then I started doing that. And every time I made one of those, what's left over? The butts. The butts. And so for months I amassed boxes and boxes of butts without a plan to do anything. But I went home, I showed it actually first at um, New York Now, which is a gift fair. And it did really well. Uh, which one you showed the animal butt Oh, the, the, the head wrap. The head wrap. Yeah. So they almost, I mean, it, it sounds to me like they look like like taxidermy, multicolored, beautiful toy animal heads. Exactly. Okay. Um, yeah, like picture your tiny... Um, picture your dog with his head <laughs> on the wall space. Kind of. It's, it's not far from that. Um, yeah, I basically, I did that. I had showed it to a friend who worked at a prominent design store and he was like, let's try it. And we put it in the store and it became their top selling item for like, it was the fastest selling item they'd had in three years. And it was this kind of anomaly. They were like, we didn't Why didn't get I it. think of that? I didn't even have packaging. The first ones I brought them, I didn't even have a box. And uh, <laughs> it just did really well. And then he was like, yo, we're doing this show. You should do it. Someone dropped out last minute. I jumped in and I picked up 10 stores that time, including Target. And that was a weird, it was like a pop-up shop within Target. And every time you land a bigger store, you've got like 10 other stores who watch them. Mm-hmm. So then you start to get their kind of network asking to buy from you. And so that went on for a while. And then the next show, in between the first one and the second one, I came up with Animal Butts and put those out there and they exploded. Like, I, I didn't do it intentionally where I was like, I'm gonna make this thing that has great profit margins, but it had amazing profit margins because I'd already bought the majority of the material when I was making a pack rack. So first I used the heads, which already paid for the butts over here. So I was literally just buying magnets, sticking it in and packaging them up. And that was my, that was it. Badass. Yeah. It's interesting. Literally. <laughs> Pun intended. I just, I just appreciate like how it's just, it's, Thank it's you. such a, <laughs> like a, a very simple, albeit angular, assertion of an object yeah it's and, and it's and no one had done it yeah like that was the crazy part where i was like googling and it's on etsy looking for this and no one had done it not in a way that was findable and mm. like animal butt magnet is pretty direct yeah mm-hmm. um god i bet that led to some weird search results oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i have like a tendency to design and make things that i don't talk about i just show you because the words don't line up with whatever <laughs> ideas you have. Yeah. It's like a, it's, yeah, you, everything's sort of so straight ahead in so many ways that you have to pay a tax on the back end of being able to explain it. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, to your point of like, there's all this thought and these like kind of simplistic things. If I had tried to think of butt magnets, I don't think I would have come up with butt magnets, but because it was the waste and byproduct of another thing, mm-hmm. there's more life in that, so to speak. It also follows like human beings have an issue with waste management period whether you're talking about material things like i don't know like actual waste and trash and environmental things or emotional waste where we don't express what we really mean or need 
And so when those blockages happen, like that's stress. Mm -hmm. that's, that's like fundamentally what stress is, mm -hmm. a disruption of flow. So when you can use your waste productively, not only is it capitalism, it's like good. Yeah. There's flow in that product and that kind of, that energy, and typically most of the things I do are leftovers of something else I did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's actually the second thing that is usually more valuable, both in idea, but also income. Mm -hmm. So you just kind of, yeah, it's like you're on a path and you're just following the natural outcomes of one choice at a time. Yeah. In, in a sense, like one choice at a time, but also, you know, other people would have maybe thrown out those boxes of butts just to like be done with them. But I mean, I literally had like totem poles worth in my hallway. <laughs> yeah. And the, I don't know, I just felt a responsibility to not, I, I saw that as material, even though I didn't know what I was gonna do with it. I was like, I'll do something with this. Yeah. And I've done like four or five things with plastic animals and we'll eventually do enough to make a book about it. I mean, ultimately, <laughs> ultimately like, you were yeah, like, this cool. is gold. Yeah. <laughs> I see a lot of animal butts here. One little tweak and we've got, well, we've got gold. Gold. This I mean, is the, alchemy. The, alchemy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the thing, the thing about that particular product and most of my stuff, I can break it down into a theme that is essentially universal, right? So everybody loves animals. Like, if you don't love animals, like you're a psycho and there's something going on that we need to talk about outside of can this you, Can podcast. you like animals, but just not be freaked out about it? Yeah. But I, I think generally speaking, you know, <laughs> most like human them. beings, <laughs> they're okay. It's like yeah, yeah. hate, like, love, like there's two yeah. thirds of people that. No, of you know. course. Yeah. yeah. Um, you have to be a psychopath. I love, that, I love yeah. hawks. Yeah. See, you, and you, ha and that's the other thing. Everybody <laughs> has their favorite animal. Yeah. So when you make something like animal butt magnets, you tap into this universally understood, universally adored, universally identifiable, right? Mm. An elephant is the same to you as it is to me, as it is to someone True. in Africa, as it is to someone in, maybe mm. not Antarctica, because they haven't seen them, but regardless. Mm. But then within that universal space, you have a favorite. Mm -hmm. So you now have an iterative, like an iterative idea that you can do different sets of, mm -hmm. and you are selling to the masses. Whoa, Yeah, I like it. And also too, it's like, who doesn't relate to like the nostalgia of a toy that, I mean, maybe I didn't have the exact plastic animals you but put you up there. But you had a plastic animal. I had plastic animal. animals. Yeah. I know what a plastic animal is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and like. I miss my plastic animals, yeah. Brian. And you don't, have to, you don't have to provide any warranty or um, use uh, manuals or documentation. No. Yeah. No. And, and actually like the animals. Yeah. You, what's your support yeah. <laughs> system? Uh, yeah. <laughs> like don't eat it call 1-800 whatever you want but don't call me <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Um, don't eat the animals I promise this does not have a head no I mean every now and then I think in the, I, I made over 30,000 all the plastic animals will harmed in the making of this product <laughs> yeah yeah people questions questions I receive every single animal was harmed <laughs> how do you how do you cut them in half without without breaking down every time I'm like whoa like, <laughs> see that's what I'm talking about that's uh, yeah, okay yeah that's levels. There's levels. Oh, there's levels. I mean, everyone's got... It's also what people bring to something what they have, not what you are mm. struggling with. It's mm -hmm. it's amazing how that reflective... Once you know it's a reflection, you're like, mm, okay, so you actually are the one abusing animals. I knew it. <laughs> yeah. You hate animals. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so that was... So that becomes like kind of a... Not a blueprint, but sort of a central concepting that you just began to sort of iterate and iterate and iterate. I mean, initially, like, 
kind of in the same way I didn't realize I was working on a product that had 82% profit margins at one point at the time, but after the fact, and also once you sell enough of something, people start to tell you what's working for you. And so I had a professor who actually asked me to talk about my approach and she was like, yeah, I positioned you opposite this person who plans everything and you plan nothing. And I'm like, ah, that's actually, that's accurate, that's accurate. And what I started to do is actually I would make spreadsheets of the ideas, the products I had and the things that were in them. So like animal butt magnets are animals, they're plastic, they're magnets, they're functional, they're small, they're colorful, they're playful, they're nostalgic, they're, you know, I'd break it down. Choke hazard. Choke hazards, I'm very good with choke hazards. Um, and then I would skew the, I would do that for everything I did. And then I would do the same thing for ideas I was working on. And whatever had the most overlap. Yeah. Or the, and also I started like, to know what I, everything I did has these core components. And yeah. the things that sell have those components. Small, colorful, blah. And then you're like, all right, that's the triangle, right? It's basically yeah. just defining yeah. attributes. Mm. Yeah. And, but that's I, cool, though. I like that idea. Collecting common attributes. Yeah, but I don't know. Like, I've done a weird, a lot of stuff that's, like, very data-oriented without thinking of it as that. Mm -hmm. um, that's what it is. But that's what it is, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, like, I'll, I've, I've gone into meetings with business people and data scientists, and I'll say what I do and they're like oh so you're a coder and I'm like <laughs> what and that's, a, like, that's a spreadsheet bro chill yeah yeah uh, <laughs> you're a coder <laughs> yeah, right, but, but you're yeah, a coder that, my, my grandpa thinks I'm a coder too <laughs> you know? oh yeah like settle down yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm still doing arts and crafts to my family so yeah yeah <laughs> it's like yeah. it is funny how like families cannot let go of some just initial primitive assessment they made of you 30 years ago yeah. or something they just they just keep it and like that's yeah. you're fixed in time is forever yeah that. Steph doing, doing her arty thing it's like yeah I'll do my arty thing I'm doing the arty thing <laughs> yeah well, that's what family's but for keeping you keeping you grounded well yeah so so you're, you're moving through this and then you you're understanding more about it and what were, what are some of the, like the things that happened as a result of sort of your findings ultimately ultimately if you don't care about it no one else will so and i think that swings into like if you do something for money people can smell it mm. um especially it's a knockoff thing in a weird way yeah right? yeah it's a not you're like knocking off yourself in a weird way kind of yeah you're, you're fooling yourself you're shortcutting you're you know? fooling yourself <laughs> in america <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like, we just pause on that for a second. <laughs> that was deep. That's that's true, man. Yeah, no, but it's, I do think there's a truth so to it. Like you're like you, and it's it's important. I I saw there was a I saw this. Uh, well, this, I did this, did like an online workshop about fundraising for the arts, and they and one of the main things they talked about was like if if you find a grant you know for your let's say you're a photographer and you find a photography grant online and it's for a lot of money and you're excited about all the boxes it's ticking but at the end of the day you realize that in order to get this grant it's going to require you to do some kind of a project that's not really what you do with photography then don't do this grant like yeah. that's not for you that's you have to find a different grant or find some other way to get the money or make the money or Pro turn a profit or whatever you need to do but it's like it's always gets weird when artists try to like chase some end goal that sort of makes 
that has them suddenly doing shit that doesn't make any sense Shoehorning. even to them yeah. Yeah. I mean yeah. you, you have know to, what I mean I think you have to feel something for yeah. it it I, I used to, so I did these trade shows and I would, you know, I did mainly like three or four things that were re- relatively related. So there was like an animal head necklace rack and then butt magnets. And then I made these necklaces where I stuck two heads together and cast it in brass or whatever. And like that collection made sense, but the money was always butt magnets. And, and, <laughs> for real. Of course. Can't, yeah. Don't fool yourself. Yeah. It's like in that scene in The Graduate when he walks up and he's like, butt magnets. <laughs> yeah so just imagine like you've spent now 10 years saying that phrase like imagine how it feels in your mouth <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. um but so when you say it's a trade show do you mean it's a thing where like different like uh retailers are going to be there and they may pick it up and put yes. it in their stores like the target thing you yeah, were talking so about stuff like that buyers you have yeah your buyers yeah. you put all your manufacturers and brands in one roof mm-hmm. and then buyers come there press comes and shops right yeah, cool. so and you'll have everyone from you know, Target, Bed Bath Beyond, mm. Urban Outfitters, Big Box, to the smaller mom and pops and museum shops. Mm-hmm. And there was one company who was um, Danish that I loved their work and loved their aesthetic, loved the people I met. And we clicked and they were interested in some of my stuff. They were interested in the pack rack. And we went back and forth a little bit and ultimately they didn't take it, but I ended up designing something else for them. And I totally let their brand drive my idea mm-hmm. and when i pitched it to them they literally said all right so like i get why you made these choices i see our brand in this and i see it working but honestly we came to you for your weird stuff <laughs> and i was like oh you want the weird mm. and that in so many ways that has been the message i've mm. received from multiple brands and i'm talking like that's good news. big brands to little brands they were like you know no, we can do that. We can't do this. Yeah, yeah. you need to be your own element on the periodic table and just be yeah. true to that. And it makes sense, though, like where you're, you just, you can't even, you're not consciously modulating or compromising what your thing is, but you are doing that effectively and they sense it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, but yeah. it's not like, a, it doesn't mean that you have some lack of appreciation of what you're uniquely doing it's just an unconscious kind of thing in a way yeah but i think like more than anything and i say this to students and i say this to anybody that makes anything i'm like just keep making because you have to go through those moments in order to get to the next moment whatever that is and if you do it with awareness you won't do it again that way and you'll start to realize like there's a for me anyway there's a feeling that comes along with an idea and especially if it sticks with you through research and through iterations and I can't totally explain it. It's just kind of like, this is the thing that's going to work. And usually people, when I share it, are like, that's fucking insane. And that's usually when I'm like, this is a good one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like Forever Pizza, I started that six years ago. We're actually going to have dinner with someone who was one of the first people to ever see this idea tonight. Oh, wow. And um, six years later, like, it's, it's this massive thing. Tell us what Forever Pizza is. <laughs> so Forever Pizza is real pizza encased in acrylic uh, effectively forever i like the way that the that the piece is like it's like it's very contemporary art feeling to me it's prankish to me it's it's talking to like young culture and at the same time it's like this 
it's really like a fine art kind of object, but also it's a joke about fine art objects. But also, I think even more importantly, the way that it actually connects back to your family's history and you growing up in the pizza shop, I think that makes it a uniquely personal thing for you and not just a silly gimmick of some kind. I think it's like, it's got weight to it that it has because of you. And I think that's what really, um, really is like the thing that, that makes it special overall, right? That you, it's got, it's part of its charge. It's got, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's got, it's got a story in it that that you can bring to it that someone else just going ah, pizza in in glass i mean I, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's not gonna do it yeah there's you a, know? there's i've you know I've, I've i've worked on this for six seven years now mm-hmm. and worked on is not like me tinkering with tools in a shop it's me thinking about this frankly mm-hmm. and there were points where i had a lot of attention and a lot of support in various ways to do something with it and it, it didn't feel right so i was like oh, no at one point, like UPS's global marketing team was aware of this project and, and considering it for like, we deliver p- forever pizza. And like they, they talked about this massive oh, campaign. Wow. It, it, yeah. Like it could have been this thing. There, there are other big brands. Universal pizza system, UPS. Yeah. It's like, what can Brown do for you? We'll deliver the world's biggest pizza party. Wow. Which is another thing. That's badass. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, but, sh- they should. Can, I look, on can that. I look at it yet? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, there you go. So really quick, just as you're listening to this, this it comes in a beautiful. Does it come in this bag? Yes. So it comes in this beautiful red bag with this great white logo on it, right? Which is like a pizza slice wrapped in an infinity symbol. Mm-hmm. But it's very minimal and very rad looking. Also a little occultish in a mm-hmm. nice way. So it almost feels like I'm opening up a bag with like a deck of tarot cards in it or something. That's yeah. I, I was hoping for like pizza meets Pope, you know. Yeah, you got it. It's a little spooky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with just a tinge of crown royal. That is fucking beautiful. It really is beautiful. Look at that. It's really actually a piece of pizza. Yeah, and my dad cooked it. And what is this? It, see, that's fucking amazing. Yeah, my dad made the pizza. I made and, the art. And what is it? What is what is it actually encased in? What is this? It's acrylic. So it's, it's acrylic. It's lucite, okay. like plexiglass. Yeah. They're all various names on the same thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like a beautiful, suspended, tiny piece mm-hmm. of beautifully cooked pizza. It makes me very hungry. And it's, yeah. it's also... And I can't eat it. It also, <laughs> also, when you look at it, it becomes sort of prismatic and it kind of multiplies. And yep. there's an infinity of views yeah. of it. That's yep. a hard aspect of it to I mean, relay this is, over audio. But it's essentially like a weird uh, pizza box of mirrors. Yeah. And and the thing about this project, I mean, that the reason it's this size and this shape is because two years ago... I was experimenting with formulas both in the recipe for the pizza and the recipe of the resin. And I was testing like, will this pizza work in this resin? Or do I, you know, how about this if I change this? I made my own cheese. I dyed sauce. I, I scorched all the fat out of mozzarella. Uh, like we tried taking the sugar out of the dough. Like we did all these crazy things trying to get this thing to look like edible pizza in a prism. Fact, you can't do it. Like you mm-hmm. can't make a real pizza make, look edible in this state Uh for lots of reasons like mainly physics (laughs) but what what started to happen was i had this sample and it was truly that it was a material sample and i started carrying it with me just to monitor the progress and see if it changed or got moldy or whatever and i would start showing people and eventually i started to realize like no one was contesting the way it looked when they found out it was real that was it that was they were done Mm -hmm. and then they were like i want this and the size of it allowed me to take it out in this project the real value is not in the owning of it it's in the sharing of it Mm. so so to be clear when you were first doing it there were 
larger yeah bigger slices, slices triangular triangular cut triangular cuts yep the resin is you know a, a triangle block uh or whatever and then through this process you figured out that you're so you're saying you're walking around with a sample that is more pocket size ish. It literally, it's like the width of my phone, so it fit in my pocket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and like my a, friends like were like, "Kind of bar of soap, big bar of soap, totally. kind of size." Yeah, and it's actually got the proportions are almost perfect to a golden mean, mm-hmm. and that was an accident. Yeah, yeah, that's see, that's badass. Or was it? Yeah. yeah. Well, now I mean, now I've been like, no, no, it's exactly this dimension. Please, uh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, and yeah. you were pointing this out to me uh, recently too. What? So when you're looking at this, so it's a smaller sort of handheld block of lucite resin clear block and then inside it is a piece of pizza now this is a small sort of wedge Mm -hmm. of pizza that's probably about i'm guessing like two and a half inches wide or something three inches wide and then it kind of tapers uh two inches it's more like well it's probably like three inches tall two and a half inches tall and like maybe an inch and a half wide inch and a half wide okay yeah and And that actually is perfect those proportions that one that we're looking at is perfect proportions yeah so that's what the thing i'm trying to sort of relay audibly is that the framing of the object in Says its pizza. frame and it's sort of yeah it it has space around it that is thoughtful or that because of the manufacturing process is sometimes worked out to be slightly askew or slightly different so what's cool is that even even though this is a manufacturing they're all completely unique though. they're all yeah, yeah they're all unique and they're all gonna have different um characteristics and characteristics yeah. or or some feeling of space around it that's unique yeah not and just like, necessarily like some the pizza of, itself. Some of them have like little crumbs floating. And, and what one person oh, thinks is, cool. is the thing that is the the least attractive. Another person's like, that's my favorite part. Yeah. Like this one has a popped cheese bubble on the top that kind of looks like an open blister. But to someone else, that's hey. that's beautiful. No, no. No, <laughs> no this is just a pizza pizza. Right? I wouldn't think. If I, <laughs> yeah. saw, if, so you hand me that piece of pizza, I wouldn't be like, oh. Yeah. What is this? I'd be like, thank you. Do you have some like really crazy garlic sauce for me yeah. to dip this in? Or like some more, please, more, please. Yeah, just do you have another piece for me to stick on top of this piece? <laughs> so, and it's such a universal thing. I mean, it's it's like in the same way that it's hard for people to hate on animals, it's really hard universally for people totally. to hate on pizza. Totally, totally. And so, you know, it's not to say that I like don't do things that aren't within that space, but the better. The, the, the more shareable, the things that have more life that have kind of gone on outside mm-hmm. of my studio uh, typically have that element. Can I ask you a question specifically about pizza? Please. So we were talking about pizza earlier before before the show got rolling because we didn't want to talk about the, all the fighting and art stuff because it it's too easy to just sort of get talked out. But, but I want to ask you this. You said your father is Greek. Mr. Yep. Mantis is Greek. Mm-hmm. And what is is there a specific difference between a place where I'm going to get an Italian pizza or a place in America where I'm going to get a Greek style Mediterranean pizza? Or is that just really just the way they might prepare them? Or is there a specific difference in those two names? Yeah. I mean like Greek style pizza is sort of skewed towards New England, for example. Okay. Um, it's a pan pizza. It's typically personal sized. Uh, and that's like you said, your place only has one size yeah. pizza, 10 we inch pizza, 10 inch pizza. Yeah. 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 Um, you cannot get a slice. You can't use credit card. It's super old school. We don't sell booze. It's literally pizza, soda, coffee. That's it's it. cooked in a pan. It's not cooked like in a stone oven or whatever. No right? gas oven. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. also have an electric conveyor oven, but, but, it, but it's yeah. not a pan pizza, like a Chicago style no, no, no. deep pie. No, it's imagine, not like that. imagine like a New York slice, uh-huh. slightly, um, 
like cooked in a pan mm-hmm. rim to rim right but smaller yeah yeah. I'm so hungry now. I know. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> this is a side effect of like talking about my work. Uh, People. Are what's often... your favorite pizza? Like, if you could have a pizza at your, at your at your place right now, what would you put on it? Topping wise? Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of classic, like pepperoni. Mm, I love it. That's how. I, that's yeah. Thank yeah. you. You know what I might add? Black olives. No, too much salt. <laughs> too much salt. Not with pepperoni. Mushrooms. You know what? I sure. love salt. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Uh, like honestly plain cheese and pepperoni mm. and if I go to a new place I'll get a plain pizza because you get a benchmark mm. do you like your that uh, really is true do you that's, ever, that's how you find out yeah, what's be, going on you'll be over it's like musically it'd be like only letting the drums like play a solo yeah yeah, yeah. 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 okay yeah. alright go ahead and let the rest of the band I've, play I've, I've been in yeah. bands like that though <laughs> yeah yeah um, but yeah no it's a funny thing like you know, I have my story with this project with Forever Pizza and it's like kind of an homage to my family and in a way all of my projects in retrospect have had these like sort of bows towards someone in my family. Animal Butts and Pack Rack is totally my sister and I playing with tiny plastic animals. Mm-hmm. Um, Forever Pizza is <laughs> clearly about my dad in a sense. Um, my mom's like, where's my project, you know? Oh. <laughs> Don't worry, mom is coming. No pressure, jeez. It's actually coming by way of microscopes and fabric. Oh is, yeah, yeah. So I want to hit on that real quick too. So like, what you're doing right now? We just looked at this Atlas Obscura piece that they did on you, where it shows essentially you are looking at food through a microscope. Mm-hmm. That is the most primitive explanation, but I'll let you take it from there. So that's that's a relatively new piece that they have up on that site. About yeah, something uh, you're working on currently. That came out. That piece came out in June. Oh, okay, cool. Um, I had a, a show up May through November of this work and they sort of use part of that to tell the story about what I do at large. And the, like I said before, you have to do things to get through them to get to the next thing. And the more you do, the more you actually start to realize how everything you're doing is connected. And so for me, there's not, conceptually, there's not a lot of difference between Forever Pizza and the work I do with microscopes. Everything is essentially a reframe on something you take mm-hmm. for granted. So like when you put pizza in a frame like this and you suspend it and you can't eat it and you have to think about it and you're like, why did somebody do that? Why would somebody do that? Mm-hmm. How did they do it? Why do I want this thing? Right. <laughs> like you start to have opportunity for conversation with someone or with yourself and either one is is great. But it only- I prefer someone else. When so- someone else preferably, yeah. Um, but if this was a real piece of pizza just sitting here right now, we wouldn't be talking because we'd no. be eating. You'd be talking <laughs> yeah. You'd be talking about maybe the flavor, but I'm interested in what happens when you make something that we are all familiar with and we consume without thinking. What happens if you create a moment where you have to think about mm-hmm. the consumption of it or the creation of it? Mm-hmm. And so the microscope is a reframe on food because food you can trace back to social, political, environmental, like you, food touches all things. Mm-hmm. It is by far the most universal thing we, we share, in my opinion. Um, and so when you reframe it in a microscope and you abstract it or you show this side of it that you've never seen and it's beautiful or it's grotesque, there's this like tension that comes with, I've eaten that, but it looks like that. Mm-hmm. And, and like people have had these insane conversations where I just sort of hang back and let them kind of go at it and they guess what it is and they never get it right. And then I'm like, that's what this is. And you start to also understand, I think doing this work, I've had more intrinsic understanding of just stuff, like how things work and what 
what this structure looks like at this level and how it actually kind of mimics itself at another level. Mm. Um, the onion is a good example of that. Yeah, yeah. It looks like that at that level and the skin has kind of got those lines and so does it on mm. a molecular level. And um, It's quite fractal. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's so many fucking fractals in the microscope world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's so a lot you, of math, actually. Where, where was that show uh, that uh, the, in the video you were at it showing your sort of like walking through your exhibition? Where was that at? That, that was at the Brooklyn Navy Yard. So, oh, okay. so my studio space is in the Brooklyn Navy Yard. I've been there eight years now, mm-hmm. going on my eighth year. And my apartment is like two blocks away. So the microscope awesome. is actually in my apartment because it's quieter and less dusty. Mm-hmm. And then my studio space is sort of like a prototyping shop. Mm-hmm. Um mini woodshop of sorts and then the gallery is in the the navy yards gallery space oh that's cool yeah i mean what did, what are they did you have them printed on aluminum or what were they printed on the photos the way i couldn't tell how they were being displayed exactly yeah so they're color prints so they're c prints uh-huh. that are face mounted to plexi it's called a gallery oh, yeah float. sure sure yeah. sure yeah, so it's just like a shiny image hanging there, right? I mean, that's really what it looks like yeah. ultimately. Yeah, and, and we did it for a couple of reasons for that show. Personally, I prefer like a print within a matted frame for, right. the, for the most part. Mm-hmm. But these kind of make sense in that way because not only are they made on a glass slide, yeah. you showing them on a glass slide, mm-hmm. there's a little bit of this sort of... Well, mm-hmm. And then ultimately, it's, yeah. it's object portraiture that should feel itself representationally uh like an object mm-hmm. and so it's less i like that about it hyper precious yeah and, uh, and then the other more direct the other thing i really like about that framing style what i don't like is the glare that, mm-hmm. that unless you're in the room and moving around it it's hard to see it fully yeah. mm-hmm. what i do like is that it is um infinite in that like you don't have this sort of closed off frame you're looking at one section of this sort of infinite space mm-hmm. um, and also half the time more than half the time when you look at food in a microscope it looks like outer space and i think a lot of those like a lot of the images that you've captured under the microscope you you show in this video and we'll have a link somewhere i'm assuming to this yeah, video we can do that. but they'll be but you you get into a little bit of like moving the focus like through the depth of the image so you can show how like this you know it, there's this volume yeah. yeah there's like all this depth and when you do that that kind of a framing there's a there's a weird depth to that framing you know what i mean that give you can you feel, have a sense that you're looking into the surface of something and seeing down into something a little bit more i think than you do when you have a, a photo just behind glass let's say yeah i mean the, the way these pictures are also taken mm-hmm. it's a it's a focal stack so mm-hmm. it's not one image you're looking at anywhere from like 5 to 150 frames that have been compressed now, are you able to do that with just, you have like one camera where you can take the shot and it'll just have all those focal points like No, it's all delineated. manual. Oh, okay. So, so you're going through fixed it. Position, taking, fixed position. HDR, essentially. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what that means. It, like so HDR is like uh, photography where they, you, what it amounts to that you actually would visually recognize is actually kind of terrible, but uh, <laughs> it's like exactly like, that. Like, yes, you, you see, see like, continue. You see like yeah. like like real estate interior photos. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they're just so hyper, hyper real yep. and it's like way saturated, mm-hmm. and they've got like so what they're doing yeah. is essentially like like uh, bracketing, but not necessarily. Well, yeah, I guess they're they're, they're 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 taking bracketed exposures or multiple exposures and then, and stacking them. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, here's the simplest explanation, right? If I'm looking at you, you're in focus. If I put my finger in front of you, mm-hmm. my finger's blurry. If I focus on my finger, you become blurry. Which 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 uh which eye of yours is dominant? This is not related to the conversation. Uh, my right eye. Whenever somebody holds a finger up yeah. like this, I'm always like, 
All right. But if we were, yeah. if, if like the depth of the image you were trying to take was like from Brian's face all the way to the edge of your microphone mm-hmm. or something like that, then you would manually go through and take a hundred plus images. Oh yeah. And then go through those and tweak and fuck with all so those and that, stack them. That part I can automate. Uh-huh. So I can't automate, I could automate the taking of the picture by putting up rotary motors on the microscope uh-huh. and I can do that and I'm playing with that idea. But right now it's literally like every click is a micro adjustment and I mm. take a picture at every step. So if you met- It's a fixed interval. No, well, it's fixed as much as my hand. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, so like okay. A, when you say click, I didn't know if there's like click steps no, no, or no. some so it's, distance. It's manual movement I see. of digital captures, right? Uh-huh. So, but you're literally just crank through one, two, three, four, five, that six, al- seven. So does that effectively allow you to uh, visually highlight more by taking more pictures at a particular depth of what you're seeing then you know like you take one really near then one maybe mid to sort of this area where there's a little bit more visual impact then you get to this kind of area then take a bunch like right in a row with really small you, you could, adjustments yeah. in between and then kind of carry on through the back is that yeah do you kind of make a lot of choices like that sort of i mean yeah. i typically go i'll start as close as possible and i'll go as far away as possible mm-hmm. so i try i try to capture everything in that you're just trying to document the whole thing as yeah. clearly as you can there's, as reasonably but it's as not can. the same like yeah. recipe every time no no right. no, no. Okay. so it totally, it totally depends on what you're photographing mm-hmm. yeah. so for example if i were f- photographing liquid far fewer steps than like a grain of salt uh-huh because so, there's less detail to capture in between there's less height what? oh okay. yeah think yeah, about think yeah, about how yeah. gravity affects things right so when if we put a drop of liquid the meniscus or whatever isn't that tension is sort of already it's going to flatten out to a certain degree, mm-hmm. but a chunk of jelly or like a fucking peanut or something. Yeah. I mean, I've looked at, did I show you the peppercorns? It's a fucking mountain range. It's, it is a mountain range. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. Yeah, yeah. It is. Like a, like a yeah. peppercorn has Joe, all those ripples. how did ripples. you know that? <laughs> Psychic. I just reveal your sources. <laughs> but it does, I mean, it, but that's effectively it. just made it. sense that it was. Yeah. <laughs> Joe's like, I mean, that's just how I see things, yeah. bro. I mean, it's just a mountain yeah. range. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what's maybe weird, tomorrow what's, it'll be an ocean, but today it's a mountain range. That's not even know what the what I meant to. Yeah, but the part of part of why part of why I do it that way is that's those are my limitations at the moment from a financial, but also like knowledge standpoint. Uh-huh. But the other half is like it's it's a meditation every time I make an image. So mm. I'll scan the slide X Y and like go in and out of focus looking for a composition that I want to spend 15 minutes taking a hundred pictures uh-huh. of. And then I compose them together and that takes another 10 minutes sometimes. So I'll, it takes half an hour to make an image before you even think about editing it or printing it mm-hmm. or adjusting it. Right. So you have to get good at kind of scanning, pushing in yeah. and out, pulling focus to build it mentally to be like, do I feel like spending the next half hour on this thing? And then you do, and it sometimes is great, and sometimes is it. And sometimes you get something that you had no idea was going to build that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And those are the ones that I'm like, oh, like, yes. Mm-hmm. I and, love I love those moments of catharsis. So oh, we, yeah, can I, let me ask you real quick. So with, with your gear that you have set up, you've got a, a, a microscope, right? Mm-hmm. What kind of microscope is this? It's a like, compound microscope. Like, so it's what you okay. imagine when I say microscope, like yeah. that image in your head. Yeah, that. like a really a nice microscope that yeah, you might I, find I, in a lab I at a like college a, I ha- yeah, exactly that's okay. actually where i yeah. got i yeah. bought it on ebay from <laughs> exactly that um and then it does it have a built-in camera or have you connected a camera I've to connected it somehow? a camera okay. so 
most microscopes without a camera, they're a binocular, which is what you've probably used in mm -hmm. some point of biology. Um, then there's trinocular. So it's the binocular with a port for a camera. Mm. And typically the cameras that they had for that were sort of specialized for that. But now those are out of, those aren't relevant anymore. Mm -hmm. And so you can now essentially hook up any camera you want. That's cool. Yeah. So I shoot with a Sony 7R2. Um, and it's a, the microscope is essentially the lens. Mm. And you're, this is a digital photography mm -hmm. camera. This, yep. The thing I like though, is that when you describe this process of, of like cranking down into the image and taking all the layers, like actually capturing all the layers, I like the way that that's like getting your hand in there in a way, like there's this whole imprecision of you cranking it and taking the photos, there, right? Yeah. Like you're not, like you said, like that's like actually whatever increment you're pulling off actually moving it mechanically yeah. yeah and there's there the way those files compress it it often will take a corner as an anchor and then it will sort of effectively you're moving up or down so you're kind of like stepping up the mountain so you're getting this frame on two sides of your image that are sometimes this oh, okay like if you had different color it sort of pulls it in a like if you're pulling paint drips mm -hmm. with a flat surface and that's a that glitch technically mm -hmm. but i like it mm -hmm. yeah you know like there are moments where i'll actually highlight that yeah as opposed to hide it yeah that, that's I how you know that. i mean yeah. every every device i think it was brian you know or somebody that said this but basically it was like every technology has a its fingerprint kind of like it's its primary fault that will become its uh sort of symbolic uh most impressive identifying mm -hmm. yeah. uh, feature and, about it. And like when we were reviewing footage the other night, you mm -hmm. were like, what's that? Is that my TV screen or is that your footage with that sort of dust mark? Oh yeah, yeah. And I was like, no, that was me being lazy and not doing a proper clean before filming. And, mm -hmm. and I was like, you should leave that shit in there. Yeah, because yeah. it does It does exactly what you're saying. It, yeah. it pr creates a plane yeah. that tells your mind this is static and yeah. still, because where we are in the microscope at that point is anybody's guess because you're, right. you're just bending light essentially yeah one thing i like about it too though is i i'm really i dig it when photography um speaks to painting and i, I like, like it when yeah. painting speaks to photography too but usually it's the other way around and i think a lot of the images or at least what i saw in that video a lot of the 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 microscopic images the ones that i was that were really grabbing my eye they were it was because they worked exactly like abstract paintings that's might. and that's you know exactly what I mean? my, that's what i'm shooting for yeah and like when yeah. you talk about that edge this like this like glitchy yeah. edge it's like it sounds exactly like you know gerhard richter came oh, through there that's, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i was literally talking about him earlier today yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, i was talking i was talking yeah. to him earlier today. i wish man no. Ger gerhard richter is like i would i would bite those paintings if i could like that's mm, that's but, always a good sign yeah yeah yeah. Would you eat the art? Yeah, yeah that's an interesting question. Actually, with painting, I really do think it's Wait, a relevant real quick, question. Like, what paintings? What, yeah, <laughs> what, what are would the, you eat? Yeah, yeah. What, if I could eat any painter's paintings, uh, what would they be? I think Clifford Still. I could see those being pretty good. Like they just seem rich. What about, uh, what about um, uh, who's the Claus Odenberg would also provide? An I don't know that stuff. Claus uh, it's more sculptural, but uh, yeah, yeah, but like giant, like giant, tiny, it kind of it, it weird for you because it's like he takes tiny things and makes them huge. Yeah, well, scale is a, scale is a, <laughs> is a fun one. Yeah. Imagine, yeah, yeah, imagine yeah. if Hans Hoffman made nacho cheese chips. I love it. 
Like what would what would Hans Hoffman's Doritos look like? You know what about like uh, Hilda of Klimt <laughs> themed? Uh, There'd be some uh, and, and, and more. F- I'm, I'm sorry. The answer, by the way, to my question is Fritos. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then I'd like Fritos. to microscope those and see. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. by the way, have you ever have you ever uh, taken a Frito and just burned it? Uh, oh. Set it on fire. No, uh, what happens? It's insane. It burns like a candle for like three or four minutes. Because it's just soaked in oil yeah. like that? Doritos yeah. are the same. Mm, does it smell good or does it smell bad? Put that yes. in, your, in your like biscuit. Okay. It's know? sort of, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the best fire starter. I love Fritos too. They're delicious. And <laughs> yeah, you should, you should be they're able like, to They're like the weird fingernail of corn chips though. Yeah, the fingernail. The weird That's fingernail. Like, that was like one of their first uh, marketing yeah. tags. That weird they, fingernail <laughs> of corn. <laughs> they abandoned that one. Yeah. A-B testing. Yeah, now like with that. Texas Spice. Fingernails or toenails? What's grosser? Definitely toenails. Yeah. Yeah. Socks. Yeah. Socks? Yeah, socks? Socks make things... You know. Oh yeah, socks make things weird bad. things happen in socks. They socks do. are like the greenhouses of feet. <laughs> yeah. Next time we next time we come on here, we'll talk about jujitsu, uh, toe toe hygiene, and jujitsu. Oh no. <laughs> so, also, something they have in common with rock climbers: you got to keep your yeah, nails trimmed if yeah. you put them in those little slippers. <laughs> so, um, so everybody would like to know where they can find all of your things, Steph. So tell them. Uh, Instagram probably is the best place. Steph Mantis, just my name. At Steph Mantis, S T E P H M A N T I S. Yep. At Steph Mantis. Um, do you have any other like sort of shows or releases or things or I special have, occasions? I have some. I have some big news coming. Okay. But uh, mm. we'll keep it kind of on the DL. But uh, thanks for using yeah. our platform to yeah. get the word out. Uh, <laughs> About the thing you're not going to say. Yeah, about the no, I, I have, I have uh... You need a more worthy outlet. I understand. <laughs> Joe, you see what's going on here? She's fronting on us. Nah. Just tell us. I have I have a new microscope work coming out in March, and um, I haven't shot it yet, so it's okay. totally new. And All then right. Forever Pizza has uh, big plans coming up. All right. So can, can people find Forever Pizza yeah. right now if they want to buy a slice? Totally. Please buy it. Um, foreverpizzaparty.com. Foreverpizzaparty.com. Calm. And mm-hmm. it's really, they're really beautiful. So I highly recommend it. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, Joe, do you best, have any things coming up? Best in real life. I don't have anything I want to talk about right now, but I do want to mention again that we have two books uh, of Jackie Chan's new uh, biography that just came out before the holidays. Nice big it's, hardcover. Uh, yeah, his memoir. It talks all about his childhood. It talks about his film career. And um, uh, it's written with Jackie and, a, and another author. And it's called Never Grow Up. And we've got two uh, copies of it, and we're going to give them away to the first two people <laughs> who decide to push the button. At the $4.99 limit. Okay, at the $4.99. Yes. Okay. So that's that's going to okay. be the game there. Okay. Tell them about how they get the book. So if you go to anchor.fm forward slash art fight podcast you'll see a button that says support this podcast you can pledge uh, at the 499 a month level and then if we just get 1 million people at the 499 a month <laughs> then right. we'll be able to buy some new mics it's we'll, going to be great yeah we're going I'm going to get a fancy shirt yeah Joe's going to get a new pair of shoes uh but anyway but that's how you can get the book and we're not going to yeah. tell you um if you've won until you've won. Yeah, when you sign up, we'll get in touch with you yeah. and get a mailing address and we'll send you out one of these books that we uh, got from our good friends at Simon & Schuster. Love the Simon and the Schuster. Glad they're still together. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, can't be an alliterative Those crazy name. kids. They're still in love. 
It's <laughs> <Just> crazy, <laughs> crazy kids. Uh, but anyway, well, thanks a lot, everybody. And thanks, Steph, for coming. I really appreciate you coming by and, thanks for and telling me. us all of your proprietary secrets. Yeah. Yeah. Happy New Year, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Happy season four coming up. We'll start next week. All right. Catch you later. Okay guys, I love the Art Fight podcast, and I listen to every episode even though I am a robot trying to sound like an actual person. I know it takes a lot to keep the podcast going. How can I help? Go to anchor.fm forward slash Art Fight Podcast, click on the button, the big old button that says support this podcast, and once you get there you'll have three options. You can just choose the lowest level, you're going to pledge 99 cents a month to, to our production and and help us out again anchor.fm forward slash art fight podcast click on support this podcast all right thanks everyone